The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you along for the ride. Today, I am joined by my partner, Suzanne Mitchell. She and I had an extraordinary experience in the Shenandoah Valley, the pristine Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, and we discovered the largest, most beautiful canyons, uh, caverns rather, in the eastern part of the United States. Just incredibly and renowned for that, too. It's a U.S. natural landmark. How many places can boast that? Unbelievable. The largest and most popular caverns in the east. We're going to be talking with a couple of gentlemen who are rather intimately involved in maintaining this unique place on this earth, and we'll be getting to that soon. Also want to say hello to Nathan Miller. He's the, our producer, the man who keeps us staying in our lane. We're going to get to the interview. We've got a few things we want to talk about beforehand. Let's take care of that first and then get to the interview. You will want to stick around and hear about the Luray Caverns of Virginia. Extraordinary in every way. We'll be right back. I mean, right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America. And Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks. They end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, Alert Drops will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get Alert Drops, a simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Now a word from Ridgeland, Mississippi. Searching for your next getaway? Ridgeland is ready for you with fresh air and friendly people. Just off the scenic Natchez Trace Parkway in central Mississippi, it's easy to fall for Ridgeland's outdoor offerings, premier shopping, and hospitable hotels. Whether you're here for a one-of-a-kind event or a relaxing refuge, you'll never run out of ways to explore Ridgeland's perfect combination of urban amenities and boutique charm. Plan your trip at visitridgeland.com. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. You've probably heard of Fargo, North Dakota. Of course, you think I never saw a movie? But we bet it's different than you expected. Add Fargo to your bucket list this fall and find bold autumn colors along the Red River of the North, cow print and Mario Brothers themed murals, and the world's largest dilly bar. And of course, the nicest people you've ever met. Experience North, that is North of Normal. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. 
let's not forget about our friends in Aiken, South Carolina, A-I-K-E-E-N. Aiken, South Carolina is a small southern town built on equestrian traditions, sporting fun, and outdoor pursuits. Located in western South Carolina, just 20 miles from the Georgia state line, Aiken has many unique activities to cater to each kind of visitor's needs. Say hello to Aiken, South Carolina, and welcome to the Sporting South. Here we are back again. We're going to visit the Luray Caverns. You know them. They're near Virginia's Skyline Drive and pretty close to Shenandoah National Park as well. What an incredible bunch of gorgeous real estate is there in Virginia. The whole state's gorgeous and each region in its own way. We're going to talk to a couple of gentlemen who will fill us all in on the glories of Luray Caverns. And Luray, by the way, is spelled L-U-R-A-Y. Luray Caverns, near Virginia Skyline Drive. First, we have William Huffman. This gentleman is the Director of Marketing and Public Relations at Luray Caverns Corporation in Luray, Virginia. He received a Bachelor of Arts in English from the Stately College of William and Mary in 1990. You can't believe that campus. It is so gorgeous. You feel like you shake hands with Ben Franklin there. After graduation, Bill decided it was time for a change of scenery and moved briefly to Seattle, Washington before settling in San Francisco. He joined the sales staff at Luray Caverns Corporation in 2003 and was elevated to Assistant Director of Marketing and Public Relations in 2008 and assumed the role of Director in 2022. Glad he was elevated to Assistant Director of Marketing and PR. That means he works above ground. We also have James Roderick Otten Graves, Rod Graves to his friends. He is the Senior Vice President at Luray Caverns Corporation. He's one of the owners and operators. He resides in Luray, Virginia. And what a, a curriculum vitae as we could use the whole show in talking about his background, including working at the Foundry Gallery in Washington, D.C. He was the president there member of the Arts Club of Washington, D.C. He is currently the manager and curator of the Car and Carriage Caravan Museum at, this is on the very same site as the Luray Caverns. And of course, he has been on the board of directors, 29 years employed at Luray Caverns. We can't say it enough, Luray Caverns. And that's what we're going to talk about today with these gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us today, William and Rod. Glad to have you with us. Great to be with you today. Yes, sir. Great to be with you. I'm going to jump right in here, gentlemen. Our time is limited, but I just want to get to the heart of the matter. We'll build in some details, and Suzanne Mitchell has some wonderful memories of our trip there, as I do. Since its discovery in 1878 by a tinsmith and a local photographer, visitors by the millions have made Luray Caverns the most popular caverns in Eastern America and an internationally acclaimed destination. Richly deserved designation, that's for sure. Bill, you're doing the PR, the marketing. Why don't you start by telling us how all of this happened? I mean, there were a couple of a tinsmith and a local photographer of whether they were walking around one day and they felt the ground was soft and wondered what was under there. How did all that happen? Sure. It's a it's a great story. We had, uh, you know, it was a depressed area after the Civil War in this uh, in this uh, region. And uh, folks were looking for a way to make money. And uh, so some local guys knew of a cave that was south of us that was open, giving tours. And they thought, wow, that's a great idea. If we could find a cave of our own, we could do the same thing. Uh, so they uh, searched all the hillsides in Luray uh, one hot summer and uh, did that. People in town thought they were crazy. They called them phantom chasers. They, they were like, you'll never, you're just you're looking for you know, a needle in a haystack. But they continued to look, and one hot August day, they uh, went and found a little rock 
outcropping with a some cool air coming out of about a quarter size hole. And they thought, well, that's unusual on this really hot day. So they dug a bit and dug, and then they finally made an opening big enough for them, the skinniest guys to go down. Uh, so he, he was a brave guy. He went down with a rope candle and actually discovered the most beautiful caverns in the world and what they were looking for. An amazing story. And Rod, there is a family connection. I'd love for you to tell our listeners about it. Okay, uh, my, my family got involved uh, with the Luray Caverns uh, uh, shortly after the railroad uh, had it, and they, uh, there was a uh, depression, uh, and the, uh, uh, pretty much not about 10 years after the, the caverns was discovered, they were the second owners, and my great-grandfather was uh, looking to have another crazy thing around and uh, to have a sanitarium, and he was very scientific in his uh, what he wanted to do. He wanted to uh, to help people with uh, uh, tuberculosis and asthma and emphysema. And his wife had tuberculosis, and he also wanted to save her life as well. And his theory was that if you had infused cave air into your lungs on a regular basis for several months, it would save your life and clean your lungs. So he leased Luray Caverns after it went for sale and after its second sale and uh, leased it for four years with the right to buy. And so in 1905, he bought Luray Caverns, Lock, Stock and Barrel, all its properties and uh, created a, a sanitarium for people with lung disorders. And with it, he got the caverns as a tourist attraction, had not a lot of interest in that at first, but it developed where he did it very well. He was a very keen businessman and he did very well with both of those things and was successful uh, with treating people and had the first air-conditioned home by Cave Air in the world and one of the very first air-conditioned homes anywhere in the world, period. And with all of this, you were able to mastermind or to have an integral role, both of you, in building the kind of place. Mother Nature did all the work, but you dressed her up nicely. And people come from around the world to what I understand to be canyon country. Yours is the crown jewel. The Luray Caverns are the crown jewel. But in that part of Virginia, I hear that it's known as canyon country. There are eight additional, there are eight show caves in Virginia. And yeah, a lot are, of caves. Here. A lot of karst here, and we are in a karst region. So, you know, probably every farmer in, in has a little sinkhole in their field. And yeah. so there, it's a it's a rich area for that kind yeah, of Yeah, a lot of caverns top, here. Top and, you know, you talk about Luray Caverns being so great. Uh, Bill and I stand on awful big shoulders. His father worked here for years, and we're, in a, we're both in, uh, I'm in a, uh, about a fourth generation, and Bill's in a second generation here. Uh, and so we, both of us stand on big shoulders Absolutely. of people that built this company up and what it is today and uh, and the community that surrounds it. And gentlemen like you two are giving proper, giving your props, the mad props as we like to call them, to your forebears. Much appreciated as I'm sure they would if they were here right now. They would appreciate all that you have done and are doing to bring Luray Caverns to the world and the world to Luray Caverns, including Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. Suzanne, when we went there, it's been a little more than a month since we visited. Those memories are still vibrant. I felt like I was walking right into the middle of an alternate universe. It was stunning. We were told at the outset that it would take anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half to walk the pathway through there. 
And I think probably in the first five minutes, I had already taken about two dozen photos (laughs) because everywhere you look is absolutely stunning and absolutely beautiful. And one of the places that we stopped early on, I was mesmerized because I wasn't sure what I was looking at. And it turned out to be an underground pool of water so that I was looking at the reflection of what was up above. And, and the photographs don't do it justice. When you are standing there, it is absolutely magical how beautiful it is. And of course, on our whole trip there, uh, you know, everywhere we went, I probably took more photos at Luray Caverns than anywhere else. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do with them yet, but I have a lot. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. You're artistic in your own right. You'll find something good to do with them. And also, Suzanne, do you recall when we were walking along that path, which is very safe to walk? I believe the temperatures kept steady at about 54 degrees, so it's going to be comfortable there. You might want to put on a sweatshirt or have a sweater handy. But when we were walking around there, what I noticed... And it's so fitting, by the way, that they would talk about cathedral-sized rooms because with all the people of various ethnicities coming from all over the world and snaking their way through the path, I found them to be polite and friendly, and they spoke in hushed tones, rather like you would if you entered a cathedral. Oh, it's it's true. It's you feel you feel Mother Nature down there, and the reverence for that. It's amazing what what she's uh, what she can do and what nature can do. It is stunningly beautiful down there. You're right. And every time I go down there, I see something new. You can look around and just be mesmerized, especially at Dream Lake, like you were talking about. That is a true uh, wonder of the world. It's a perfect reflection of the ceiling, so there are no stalactites in that bottom, and it is only about 18 inches deep, but it looks about eight feet deep in the. It looks like a canyon almost, or like like a uh, enchanted forest really does otherworldly yes it does we had been to new york city before we were at the lorraine caverns and of course we were stunned by times square and everything that was going on in new york city and then after we made our way to lorraine caverns i i stopped and i said to gary new york city was a phenomenal man-made place this is a phenomenal natural place. This was was here, and it was. And what stunned me was that it's estimated that the age is over four hundred million years old. Mm-hmm. How was it determined? Well, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> 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 yes, we are supposed to put together. I'm not a geologist, but uh, yeah. I can tell you a little bit about how caverns form. But it's it's uh, it goes back a long way. You know, this used to be an ancient seabed mm-hmm. here, and then all the animals died and get compressed over geological time, and you get a big block of of dolomite or limestone. And then that limestone uh, will erode a little bit with acidic water comes into contact. So about a 10th of an inch of limestone will erode each year. Uh, So that's how you get the big rooms over a long, long period of time. And then the decorating part starts of the caverns. That's when you get all the stalactites, stalagmites come in. And it takes a long, long time to grow an inch of uh, stalactite. It's about 120 years to grow one cubic inch, about the size of a cheese it So it, it's amazing. So if you go back, you know, if you use that measure and then go back, that's how you get that number. <laughs> but you were talking about the, the photography in the cave, and yeah. that was thrilling to hear that. And uh, 
Lou Ray Caverns uh, was was really the really the first continuously lighted electrically lighted cavern in the whole world, and therefore we had some of the first photography uh, in a major way by C. H. James in the eighteen eighties uh, of Lou Ray Caverns, and he was he was he was a resident of New York City, and uh, he came down here and photographed. So we have a lot of firsts and a lot of really unique things about Lou Ray Caverns. Uh, uh, that we're really lucky to have. Rod, let me ask you to tell us about the, I call it a bright idea, that's saying the least of it, There, the idea of putting an organ down there, a stalactite organ, that must be unique in the world. Yes, sir. It's, it's, the, it's the largest uh, uh, musical instrument in the world. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a unique instrument. It was invented by Leland Sprinkle. Uh, in 1957, uh, uh, it was put in. About 1956, he came to my father and talked to him about the idea. Uh, was very impressed with Mr. Sprinkle, but thought it was a crazy idea. And my mother, in the middle of the night, woke him up and told my father, you've got to do this. So if it wouldn't have been for my mother, it wouldn't have happened. And she was a, a great musician herself. And Mr. Sprinkle was a uh, was a wonderful, wonderful gentleman. And uh, he was a part of the Manhattan Project, um, you know, a, a, you know, a nuclear engineer and physicist and, and also musician as well. And he got the idea to have the great stalagpipe organ work in Blu-ray Caverns after a lot of work uh, was introduced to the public uh, about 1957. And I thank you for that. And I remember hearing some of the notes. Are they played at intervals? So I mean, it's not playing continuously as people walk. No, it's, it's it's intervals. Yes, sir. and can also be played. It has. It's kind of like a, you're familiar with a, a player piano, uh, like on the westerns. You know, you see that. We have that is it, it is actually playing each formation uh, that's tuned uh, and uh, and hit with kind of a clavicle every time it's hit and. That goes to uh, a speaker and is broadcasted throughout the cave. And it's amazing to hear rocks play and sing and real rock music, for real sure. Music. <laughs> I like that. Don't try to outpun this guy. <laughs> that is incredible. It's when you go in, what I found and what Suzanne and I were talking about, even as we walk through the caverns, is that it becomes there. The comparison is to a cathedral, a cathedral sized room, but it isn't just one room. It's this and that and the other. And because it's so to use a fancy word, polychromatic, that the colors and the formations themselves, they're just greet you at every turn and you feel like you don't want to miss a thing because there's, there's endless variety and it's all underground. Yeah. The, the, the caverns are so beautifully um, decorated in color. Uh, and we're, we're really fortunate for that. And we don't use any colored lights in literary caverns. And uh, my father, I promised my father I would never do that because he said he would come out of the grave and hurt me if I, we ever did. <laughs> because the cavern speaks for itself, and as Bill can tell you. It, it really does. It, it's just stunningly beautiful down there. That's, if you wanted a simulation of that event, you'd have a great Halloween attraction. 
<laughs> they're coming to haunt us. They make it scary. You could do that too. Yeah, you could really have a ball. I don't know about liability, but man, you could get creative. You know, I just have to ask, and then I want to get into the display of cars. Suzanne and I, and lo- we love that so much. We weren't going to leave that day, not complete our tour without going in and seeing these antique, beautifully restored and maintained vehicles. But Bill, I just wanted to ask you out of curiosity, you're in Seattle from whence we broadcast before it becomes a podcast. Sure. And then you were in San Francisco. Then you come back to Luray Caverns. I mean, that's quite the whirlwind tour when you think about the places you've been and lived. Yes, it is. I've been all over the place. Um, I can honestly say Luray, Virginia, and Page County is the one of the most beautiful places in the world that I've ever been in. I'm so glad to be home. Sometimes you have to leave to really appreciate what you have. Uh, and so I was happy to come back and reconnect with, uh, of course, the caverns and, and my family. And it, it's it was a it's a wonderful experience. Bill Bill is uh, so his ancestors were some of the first to settle here in the valley, uh, anywhere in the valley, and uh, so uh, he's right. It's the most beautiful place in the world, I think, as well. You chose wisely, Bill. No doubt about that, as we mm-hmm. saw with our own eyes. Rod, I did want to ask you now, because, I mean, this is a show about car culture, generally speaking, and then all the destinations that you can reach by auto. You are the manager and the curator of the Car and Carriage Caravan Museum right there on site. There, So you come up out of the Luray Caverns, unless you're going to tour the cars first, and then you have the opportunity to see a magnificent collection that is so beautifully maintained. Tell us about how that came to be, and are there specific cars that are hard to find anywhere, some rare finds that you included in the collection? Absolutely. Um, My father, uh, right after World War II, started collecting uh, carriages and uh, automobiles, and he was fascinated with um, Ted Graves. Uh, He was fascinated by uh, historic transportation. He was very artistic, and he loved art and uh, aesthetics. And he felt like, he always told me that he felt like they were art on wheels. And uh, they have so much of a different grace than they have nowadays and really changed America and the world socially and uh, economically uh, and uh, changed our character uh, and really reinvented our notions of freedom too uh, here in America uh, and around the world. So uh, yeah, dad's, dad started collecting right after World War II uh, it got to be a kind of an obsession with him. And he thought that it would be a good idea to share it with the world and have something else to do here to keep people here longer at the cavern site. And, uh, he used to tell me when he was, when I was young, younger, that he thought he was a failure with it. But long about the eighties that started to change a lot. And our visitation started to get a lot bigger. there, almost equals the caverns. Uh, it's, I contend it's one of the most visited uh, car museums in the world. And uh, dad had a great eye, not to brag on him too much, but dad had a really great idea uh, doing it. And Bill's father actually uh, would go around and look for these cars for dad and actually uh, pick them up and probably exhausted the poor man. <laughs> but anyway, I think they had a great time putting it together. Um, they're incredibly uh, rare automobiles and carriages there. We have the oldest horse-drawn vehicle uh, on the continent on display. Uh, It's uh, a Portuguese carriage from my wife's country. 
And uh, then we have one of the, the second oldest automobile uh, in the United States on display uh, in 1898 uh, Benz. And then we have the latest automobile we have belonged to Etzel Ford and his Ford uh, family, uh, which there's only 13 of them were ever made and two that exist. So yeah, that's a lot of important and uh, crazy beautiful automobiles down there. In particular, what I remember was that I saw some of these magnificent automobiles. I believe you've got at least one, maybe two Rolls Royces there as well. I mean, yes, sir. big, 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 luxurious, wonderful cars. But I also saw, and there was some explanation at the exhibit of this one car, was it Chevrolet that decided that they were going to take this, this new thing, this automobile, and scale it down to a comfortable level where more people could afford to get in one, and then they had enough room inside this new car, this horseless carriage, in order to get around. It's like somebody decided, you know what, this is an idea that's going to catch on, let's mass market it. Well, the, the mass marketing was really, really started prior to Henry Ford. Uh, he had he, his genius was uh, incredible what he did. Um, he he made the, uh, you know, uh, interchangeability and, the, the, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the line, the line item made uh, automobile much more efficient is what he, he's really known for. And some of the real early innovators were, of course, Ben's. And then in America, one of the first car for the everyman was the locomobile. And we have a locomobile in there from 1914, but it was bought out by the, the stockholders who wanted to build an elitist car. So it was quite a, it was quite a leap uh, of change for them that changed the car company uh, for them. But locomobile probably was one of the first automobiles in the United States that was made for the everyman. And that was a steam car. Uh, great technology, by the way, and it cl actually climbed Pikes Peak was their their selling point. Now, they had a little flame underneath that thing that went all the way to Pikes Peak. I wonder how many times it went out on the way up. So, <laughs> but anyway. Crazy. just in, incredible. The thing I need to say about the Luray Caverns and all that surrounds it in this wonderful space near Virginia Skyline Drive, and I say this from the heart. To all of our listeners, go and visit. That's why we needed to talk about this today. Luray Caverns, L-U-R-A-Y, near Virginia Skyline Drive. And whatever your expectations are, they are bound to be exceeded by the gorgeous natural beauty, the fine management, the friendly people. A lot of them young people getting an education, but they worked there. I noticed that too. They made it an even grander time. And the Toy Museum as well. You get food, they've got a gift shop, the whole nine yards, and ample parking as well. Gentlemen, I'm thrilled to be able to make your acquaintance. We only scratched the surface, so I'm going to find another opportunity when we can have you gentlemen back, and we'll talk about other facets of it, including some stuff I'll have to look up because there's so much going on. I forgot about a lot of it, but I'll never forget the feeling I had of walking through a place that if you didn't know about it and you're just driving past or you go to the National Park and then you go somewhere else in Virginia or head back home, you're going to miss an entirely different world that is there for you, there to be discovered. And as they love to ask at Luray Caverns, what will you discover? Thank you so much, Bill Huffman and Rod Graves. Gentlemen, it's been a real pleasure. Let's do this again. Please, yes, let's sir. do it. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much.
And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. 